0: thanks for listening to marketing b2b tech the podcast from napier where you can find out what really works in b2b marketing today welcome to the latest episode of marketing b2b technology the podcast from napier today i'm joined by mark abrami from hootsuite welcome to the podcast mark thank you mike thank you for having me so i i'm interested you know in terms of your career can you talk us through you know what you've done in the past and how you ended up at Hootsuite? Sure. Um, I feel I've got
1: a very interesting uh, career. I, I actually studied psychology. I have a degree in psychology. But when I came out of university and was looking for a job, I fell into marketing. Um, but you could argue that marketing and psychology are very similar. You, you're influencing people's perceptions and feelings about certain things. So I, I ended up in a marketing role. I was there at a company called Pona Ricard, which is the world's second largest wine and spirits company. Uh, I was there for eight years and I worked my way from sort of marketing assistant all the way up to, to brand manager over those uh, eight years um, and while I was in that role it was traditional uh, brand marketing so uh, you know advertising and events and and packaging but that's the time uh, sort of the 2008-2009 where digital and social media were becoming a big thing and uh, as part of my role i got to develop and run a couple of successful brand campaigns on facebook in in early 2010 and that's when the social media bug uh, hit me and i i believed at the time that you know social media was here to stay it wasn't just a fad and i also believed that it was actually going to be something that would hugely impact not only on businesses but on society itself and i felt this urge this desire uh, to specialize in in social marketing but of course You know, 2010, 2011, not a lot of organizations had dedicated social media roles, but I was very lucky to land a a role at the Expedia Group uh, in early 2012, where my remit was to build and run the social media team and, and strategy. At at Expedia, and um, and so that was that was a lot of fun. You know, travel um, is is a great vertical to work in on social media. Seventy percent of uh, content on Facebook uh, is related to to travel. People sharing their holiday photos wow. or their, their wish lists and, and so on. So it was a great uh, time and and place to to be, and it also coincided with the launch and rise of social ads, all of those annoying uh, things that we now take for granted in our newsfeed, but, uh, you know, early days where those those were coming in. And uh, so there was a lot of experimentation and, and use of these new uh, ads formats. And I actually even worked with Facebook directly uh, to help them develop an ad format, uh, which still exists today. Uh, it is dynamic ads for, for travel. Um, so I, you know, I was very privileged to be able to, to work very closely with Facebook and developing uh, one of those annoying ad formats, and um, I was at Expedia for, for four and a half years, and then I was I was lured away to a startup, and uh, it became very it became very apparent very quickly that the startup world environment was was not right for me, and um, so I was only there for for a few months before I left, and I joined Sage. And uh, many people will, will be familiar with Sage, um, you know, it's the 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 accounting software giant. And um, again, my remit there was global director of social media uh, how can a company like sage um you know very much b2b uh, in, in in nature of what we're talking about today uh, but how can a company like sage use social media and so again re- redefining and rebuilding teams and strategies uh, at sage and it was while i was at sage that uh, i was obviously evaluating different solutions different uh, social marketing tools uh, one of which being hootsuite and uh, Eventually, I made the decision to to become a Hootsuite customer at Sage. And um, I actually, I loved the product so much. I loved the people who worked at Hootsuite so much that when the opportunity came to join Hootsuite, I jumped at that. And so um, sort of after uh, almost two years at, at Sage, I ended up joining Hootsuite. Um, and I think it was just I had found a place where my passions uh, combined with the passions of the organization I was working for. And the other piece that really appealed to me was the thing I had loved about what I had done at Ponerica and at Expedia and at Sage was overcoming the challenge of how businesses can use social media. And so in my role now at Hootsuite, um, this is what I do on a daily basis. Uh, but not just for one company, for, for multiple companies across different verticals, different sizes, different geographies. And so I, I run a, a team of analysts and consultants now uh, who work with with our customers here at Hootsuite to really answer all of these difficult questions around the why, the how and the what of, of social media within the business context. Uh,
0: that's amazing. And I love I love the idea of you like the product so much, you join the company. I think that's brilliant. But, but cliched, but it is true, 100% true. <laughs> So I, I'm interested, was there a big jump? I mean, you, you obviously, you know, highlighted there was a big difference between working for a larger company and a startup, but in terms of going from client side to uh, working for a marketing technology uh, company, was there a big difference there?
1: Um, I suppose the biggest shock for me was always having in the back of your mind, this is about customer you know, customer relationship and, and almost sales. So although I'm not in a sales role, that is always sort of a, a little thing at the back of my mind where, uh, you know, what I'm doing is for the benefit of the customer, but also at the same time, it needs to benefit the the organization Whereas before being customer side, you almost got this view of, oh, you know, this is this is great, we can do all of these, these things. And um, it, it's good for the business objectives. But there's a slightly different pressure uh, when you are um, you know, in, in sort of in the, the marketing sales uh, world, um, or tech sales world. So yeah, that, I suppose that's the only difference. The rest of it is the same. I'm I'm still dealing with all of the same questions and challenges that I used to face when I was uh, customer side.
0: Cool. It sounds like the the transitions worked well for you. I, I guess the first question I've got to ask is around the difference between B two B and B two C. Um, you know, B two C I think has really embraced social media. Um, and B2B seems to be lagging. Why, why do you think that is? So I think to
1: answer this, we need to look at the psychology of social media. Um, so I think we need to to really understand why are people using social? What do they expect from it? How does it make them feel? And in reality, and if you think of your own way that you use social media and, and engage, there's a lot of emotional investment whenever you open up and scroll through your various social feeds. And so that works really well for the B2C brands where they often draw on emotions in their marketing campaigns and within their content. So a B2C brand on social can post you know, beautifully crafted videos and funny memes and, and have a more relaxed tone of voice because it, it ties into towards there's a, a closer connection to how social media users are using the, the platform. B2B brands, on the other hand, are generally more conservative in in their approach, and and they're more focused on the solution. So it's things like, you know, our product is going to help your business to do X or Y, and it's a very factual, sometimes even dry uh, approach. Mm -hmm. And that's in conflict with what people are expecting when they're using social media. So, you know, think of of when you're opening up Facebook or Twitter or, or whatever. In most cases, you're not wanting to engage with the brand. You're wanting to engage with humans. With your connections, those people that are either friends, family, colleagues, um, or just you know people that you've connected with on on these social platforms. So when there is this very heavily business focused, factual, uh, technical content, it's in conflict uh, with what you're expecting and wanting to do on on social. Um, and and I think that's probably why B two C brands have had an easier time and been able to embrace social a lot easier than than B two B.
0: And so do you see the the future being social media for business becomes, I I guess, less emotional social media? Or do you think that B2B brands are going to change their approach?
1: I strongly believe that B2B brands need to change their approach. Um, I think, you know, there, there needs to be, and we're seeing this already. I'll talk through some examples as we go through today. But we're seeing this already where those brands who are willing to experiment, uh, who are willing to, you know, create a different tone of voice for social and to become more personable, more human, um, and and more likable uh, mm-hmm. are seeing are seeing more success. And I think that's the key piece here. Think of social media as a as not as a B two C or a B two B channel, but as a human to human channel. That's that's what it was created for. I know it's it's changed and morphed over time, but ultimately, you know, the social networks were created for human connection. And that's what brands need to, to take into consideration. Um, and so if, you, if you're ignoring the fact that you're talking to humans who are, have you know very specific agenda and, and uh, interests when they are on social media, uh, then, then that's where you're going to face some challenges. So I, I do believe that B2B brands need to, to change how they're using social. There needs to be less fear. I think there's a lot of fear today. Um, within within the B2B marketing space when it comes to, to social media. And we need to, to change that and we need to overcome that.
0: I think that fear point is, is a brilliant point. You know, we, we see a lot of um, uh, businesses talking about being on brand on social and being on brand is normally one of the most dehumanizing things you can do. Yeah. Um, but I think there this issue of fear is, is a real problem because everybody's worried that their boss is gonna say, what was posted isn't acceptable. I mean, how do you think we get over that? Yeah, so
1: education is is the biggest piece that I I sort of advocate for. Um, making your your boss, your your senior leaders, you know, executives within the organization, truly understand what social is and why your your business should should be on there. I think what's happening there's it's, a, it's a, within the the sort of the senior leaders of organizations for many of them. Their understanding of social media is limited. Um, they might not be power users of, of social. You know, they're definitely not going to be uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, sort of TikTokers and, uh, and social influencers. But in some cases, they might not be willing to admit that they don't know uh, everything. Uh, or the things that they do know are based on wider perceptions. I, I often hear vanity metrics, uh, and, and I often hear executives saying, well, why should we be on social? It's all just about cat videos and, and likes and, and uh, you know, followers. But that's not the case. They're just sort of reusing things that they're, they're hearing in, in, the, in the wider media. And, and so there's a lack of education. And the best way is to address that and to help senior managers, senior leaders and organizations truly understand why is social media important to your business? So it's not a case of looking at what Coca-Cola are doing and Nike and and all of those. Yes, it's good to learn from that. But if you're trying to convince your senior leaders, it's to say to them, this is why social media is important to our business. And you tie back to business goals, business uh, business, uh, objectives. And, and really demonstrate that you know, we post content because it influences these key metrics that are important to, to the business, or uh, you know we, we do these different activities because of, of, of reasons X, Y, and Z, but it always needs to tie back to business goals. Um, so I think education is a key piece. I also think that we shouldn't be afraid as uh, social marketers within the B2B space to play around and experiment don't go crazy. Don't create something that's going to get you fired or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you know, push the envelope a little bit. and try you know softening the tone of voice a bit. Uh, try you know tweaking uh, some of the, the 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 copy and the the content if you can and the imagery, and see how that works. And then show that. to to your senior leaders and say, look, we've tried these couple of things. Yes, most of our content is within this very narrow, broad lines. But look what happens when we go out of those lines and look at the success that we see. And also look at the success that other brands have seen um, and and are Mm -hmm. delivering within the B2B space.
0: That's fascinating. I, I think one of the things I see a lot of pushback on is senior leaders being really concerned about negative comments on posts. I mean, do you see that as a problem? And, and do you see that as something we can overcome with education as well? So
1: I think just by the very nature that everybody on social has a voice, you're going to get a lot of negative comments. And we also know that the people who are most vocal are those who have something bad to say, either because they've had a bad experience or just because they're you know slightly toxic. Um, and, and that that's just the nature of, uh, of social, you know. People who have a, a good experience with you or, or a, a neutral experience will probably say nothing. But those who have a bad experience will, will go and say. But that's fine because, you know, no company is perfect. No, no brand is perfect. And it also means that you can publicly address those negative comments. So, yes, you will get negative comments. That is just the nature of the beast. It's, it's inevitable. But it's then how do you deal with those negative comments? What do you, you know? Are they valid? Uh, and if they are valid, what is your, your, your comeback on that? Or if they're invalid, set the record straight, you know, make it clear that actually, yes, thank you for your comment, but here is it, you know, here's the the, the truth or, uh, you know, here's what, what what really is going on um, because other people are looking at that. And if you are just either ignoring or uh, you know, staying silent on those negative comments, which you're going to inevit- inevitably get, then you're just demonstrating to other people that you don't care. Uh, or you know all that that's true and so it's then a case of do something about those negative comments engage and, and i think and you there may be some instances where you're just going around in circles and then you can step back it's it's like it's like normal life uh, you know take any example of human interaction and apply that to to social because this is just essentially humans in, in, interacting and engaging through to a digital platform and um so so yeah i think education plus then the the sort of removal of that negative negative commentary fear um definitely would help
0: that's that's great advice and i think you know one of the things that definitely helps with the engagement with the comments are tools. and i'd love to talk a little bit about hootsuite now um you know and and particularly i mean i think a lot of people know the hootsuite free version and yet we're talking about um marketers working in enterprises and, and big organizations so Love the free version, but obviously that's not an enterprise solution. So, w- what solutions do Hootsuite offer other than just the free version? So, we
1: we have a full suite, and 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 we almost grow and scale with different organizations. So, the free version is great for those individuals who maybe have one social profile. Um, you know, they're a very very small business or, or an individual just doing something that they love, and they want a tool to help them with scheduling content <clears throat> and so on. But we grow um the 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 product grows and, and there's there's then bigger Versions of the solution, which then have greater functionality and uh, and capabilities in there, and uh, so you know as we go up, you 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 get then sort of what we call business plan, where you have uh, up to five users. So now you you're starting to get that collaboration in there, starting to build in the approval workflows, um, and then as your organization gets bigger, we have um, you know bespoke packages that we create, where you're then able to do uh, a, a lot more things. You can manage way more social profiles. You can have a lot more people collaborating in there you have the governance and control um so you, you know it's no longer a case of uh, people sharing passwords login passwords to your social profiles and, and when that person leaves the organization oh who's got the password oh i don't know jack had it in. <laughs> you know he's gone um and uh, so so you you have that you know, you're able to put in that that governance and, and control uh, in there better approval workflows and um, easier content creation community management analytics as well um so you know as you're, as your use of the product needs to become more more sophisticated we have more sophisticated solutions when it comes to analytics and being able to uh, to evaluate and understand what's working and therefore do do more of it um you know you can scale your the, the amount that you're listening to as well so those conversations and discussions about your brand about industry uh, trends and, and and so on and we also have services and and support um, that scales with different size organizations as well. So, uh, you know, training um, and, and education piece. We have Hootsuite Academy, which is our education portal. Um, lots of great content certification courses um, for, again, organizations of all different uh, sizes. And then, of course, teams like the one that I run um, where, you know, we have analysts and, and consultants uh, who help enterprise uh, size organizations with things like understanding your social maturity and the types of things that, that you could be doing. So a very broad product uh, that, you know, can really scale as your business grows uh, and, and all uh, d- you know, different components and integrations and capabilities uh, that get bigger and more complex in line with your organization.
0: I'm really interested about the freemium approach. I mean, do, do you see a lot of companies go from free to paid or is the free version more about, you know, raising awareness of Hootsuite or, or is it just you guys being, you know, genuinely generous and uh, and giving a product that, frankly, a lot of people are using who are never going to go to to a paid version?
1: Um, yeah, so, you know, obviously, the Hootsuite grew. Group about 12 years ago, grew out of an agency who were managing social media on behalf of other companies, uh, and felt and saw the pain that they went through. And so created, you know, our founder created this tool for for his own use within the agency, and and it's now become this model. And so we do believe that there are there's a large number of people who need the free version, in in order to do what they're doing. But um, equally, there are a lot of businesses and organisations who immediately need a, a more complex solution that uh, obviously, you know, different uh, levels of, uh, of subscription service uh, to we do see some organizations where they're, they're almost dabbling in social or just quite naturally, the, the social media team are not being given tools or budget. Um, and so they're using the, the Hootsuite free version um, in order to do what they need to do. And as as their social media activity improves and starts to gain visibility within the organization, they're then being challenged to do more. But in order to do more, you need the investment in in there. And and Mm -hmm. so those are the types of companies where we're seeing um, out of necessity that the teams, social teams are using the free version, but then they're they're upgrading to to the paid for version and obviously different variations of, of that. But we also see a lot of organizations now just truly understanding that in order to be successful on social, you need a social management solution. And so they're doing the you know RFPS and uh, RFIs and uh, you know demos and investigations and and we are being included. That we are the industry leader, we're the oldest player in the social media market, uh, social management space. Um, we you know often recognised by uh, the likes of Forrester as uh, you know a leading um, solution in this space. Uh, and so we quite naturally come up in as people are evaluating tools, uh, we we come up in these conversations.
0: So fascinating that you know the free version is really um, helping you grow the business but what I'm quite interested in is are there any particular features in the paid versions that you think really differentiate yourselves from uh, other social media um, tools?
1: Yes definitely you know obviously at the at the core level uh, the Hootsuite platform and, and other Uh, social management tools are all built on the same APIs from from the social networks. So there there are lots of similarities. But uh, in terms of the Hootsuite solution and what makes it so powerful, in my opinion, is that uh, you're able to integrate all of your social media activities, not just your marketing pieces, but everything within one on one platform so you're able to publish and schedule your content and get approvals and and so on Um, but also uh, we have an employee advocacy solution so enabling your wider organization to to be active on on social media we have a social selling uh, solution as well integrated into into one tool Um, customer care social listening um, analytics rich analytics uh, you're know, all in one place. So you're not having to log into different tools or, or do different things. Uh, all of your social media activity across your entire business is in that one uh, that one space. I think also another key element is we integrate uh, with a lot of other marketing tech uh, stack tools as well. So we, we integrate into CRMs. Uh, into content management systems, uh, into um, content, you know, d- d- DAMs, digital asset management uh, tools as well. Um, we integrate into business intelligence tools, so you're able to, you know, get richer and deeper uh, understanding of the impact of your social media activities within the wider business context. So yeah, there are a lot of uh, factors that that you know really differentiate uh, the Hootsuite solution, and I think. The other piece on top of that, so outside of the solution, but it's just then the the support and services I, I spoke about a short while ago. Um, you know, the education piece, the activities that my team run as as value add to to customers are all part of, of the key reasons you know that differentiate us from some of our competitors.
0: That's, that's great. There's a lot there. I mean, one of the things you mentioned I, I think is is really interesting. You know, the employee ad- advocacy and particularly the social selling side. We see a lot of clients very keen to promote social selling but typically they struggle with a sales team um, being reluctant to adopt social selling as a different model I, I I mean why do you think that is and what can we do to to overcome that resistance? So social selling is a very complex topic and and
1: I think you know to to understand it it's really about what what is social selling there's there's lots of different interpretations and, and views of this but ultimately it's about, how your salespeople can build relationships with, uh, with customers and potential customers uh, using social as well as their traditional ways. So I often say it's complementary to how your sales team use email and telephone and face-to-face um, when dealing with prospects and, and customers. It's not something completely different or, or new or anything. It's just another way of engaging. And so those salespeople who know how to engage on a human level with other people through telephone and email and, and face-to-face quite easily embrace the, the, the social, me- social selling, social media um, aspect. But a lot of them don't. There's this sort of fear or, or uncertainty of, of what to do. And so in order to get your salespeople in and, and, and uh, you know, less resistant to this, uh, education, provide them with training. Make them understand what's in it for them. This is often where social selling and employee advocacy programs sort of fail at the beginning, is they're set up and they're explained as this is great for the business, which it is. But actually what you should be telling your, your advocates and, and your social sellers is this is great for you this is a great tool for you to become a 21st century seller or a 21st century uh, employee. Um, you know, I often say, I run training sessions on social selling and employee advocacy, and I often say social media is the new business card. Uh, before, we all had these you know, little pieces of paper that had your name and your details on, but now you have a personal social brand. Um, you have this online presence, which is how people can understand who you are, what you do, how you do it, and if they want to engage with you. Um so it's even more it's even richer than than the business card. So education around personal social brand, um, you know how to to use it in a powerful way, what's in it for you as a, as a salesperson? Um, and then the next piece is you need to empower them. So one thing to educate your salespeople, but you know, if you're just educating them and, and, and then leave them to their own devices, that's when you start ending up with stuff that's potentially off brand and, and and some you know less uh, or less impactful activities. So you then need to arm them uh, with with content. Um but also it's not just, hey, here's the content we're posting to our social channels, so we think you should share it as well, but actually tailoring and, and creating content that aligns with not only your seller's needs, so you know why would they want to share this and, and what's in it for them, but also with their audience needs as well. So it's complex. It's a very complex relationship here when it comes to social selling. But when you get it right, it is hugely powerful. We see you know, a much shorter uh, lead to close time uh, for you know, with social selling, uh, we see a greater increase in, in pipeline as well generated from from social selling. But it has to be done in the right way. It's not just this simple: turn it on, give your salespeople, sales navigator, and their social sellers. Um, there's a lot of change that needs to be done by the salespeople. There's a lot of things that they need to do and to embrace, and and habits that they need to form as well. It's not just a, a overnight uh, success thing. It takes time to to build. But when you get it right, it is hugely powerful for your sellers. For your advocates and for the business,
0: and I love that that thought about creating content specifically for the sales team. Um, I think you know one of the things I have seen fall over is where you've got marketing content that's available for salespeople to share, and it's just not appropriate for them. It's not the right style. It's not the the right content. So that, that's brilliant advice. I love that.
1: And and also, you'll often see in those situations. Uh, if you are connected to a number of people from that organization, <laughs> you will just be seeing that content everywhere, um, which then you know it loses the, its, it's impact. And so you do need to have you know more crafted, tailored content for your salespeople.
0: So, I, I mean, obviously, presumably you, you help people overcome challenges, but you also see some great results as well. I mean, do you have some examples of companies that are doing B2B social media well? Is there, is there anybody you'd point to and say, yeah, the, these guys are really crushing it?
1: Yep, so Hootsuite, of course, um, you know, we, we, we wouldn't be in this game if we weren't good at, at it as well. Um, so, you know, the, the Hootsuite social presence is, is fantastic. We're across different platforms, Twitter, LinkedIn, and, and so on. Um, and we post a variety of content that fulfills different objectives. So we, we're not afraid to post that content, which is timely and fun and engaging um, and really appealing to our core users. So those people who are the you know community managers, day to day social practitioners, and and we do all of that to keep them loving our brand. Um, <clears throat> so we post when there was the the, the big Facebook outage uh, at the beginning of last week. Uh, you know, we posted some some tongue in cheek uh, uh, comments about that, and people were engaging and uh, and talking about that, uh, which is, which is great. But that's very specific in terms of we want to keep our users loving the, the brand and and what we do. But we also post content. Sort of that goes higher up the chain. Uh, it explains the business benefits of the platform. We post case studies, best practices, because that's the type of stuff that resonates with key decision makers within an organization, and also which empowers them to answer any of those questions that they get from executives or from procurement and finance when they're having to justify uh, why they want to invest in, in our solution. Um, we obviously share details about events and, and webinars and, and a wide, wide range of topic uh, topics that you know cover our core user all the way up to ceos we run webinars for for ceos as well um outside of hootsuite i think slack do do a great job on social too so um they post a lot of content on, on different topics as well they they understand they've got a very diverse audience and um, so they, they publish a lot of different content um event coverage they, they publish third party or they, they post third party articles on work life balance uh, which is obviously very important um productivity tips uh, company news, but I think the key thing about Slack is their tone of voice is perfect for social. It's casual, uh, it's relatable, it's human. Um, it's not, you know, very rigid and 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 bland, uh, if you like. Um, one more example, very very quickly, Shutterstock. Uh, did a great thing a couple of years ago. You'll probably remember Fire Festival uh, in 2019, the whole fake uh, event that was supposed to happen. And Shutterstock used their own assets and created a parody campaign called Firestock. And basically, all they did was they were just showing how easy it was. And, and how cost-effective it is to use stock images in order to create these amazing campaigns that you know get people so excited that they're willing to spend thousands of pounds to go to a, a fake event uh, on, on a tropical island. Um, so you know things like that, where Shutterstock could have just said, yeah, our solution, our stock images are great for, for you to do create campaigns, but they didn't. They created something on social that tapped into what people were talking about that was a bit more fun, a bit more visual. Um, and so it's, it's things like that where b2b brands can be a little bit more creative and intelligent um, and and have a more meaningful impact
0: that's great i mean there's some excellent examples there you, you mentioned different platforms I, i'm going to have to ask this do you think as b2b marketers we should be trying out all the new platforms i mean should we all be on tiktok at the moment so we know that b2b typically stays in the,
1: the linkedin space um, but that's quite natural because it that's where you know the users on linkedin are expecting a business experience there you know they they that's what it, it's it's built on so i think that's quite understandable but that doesn't mean you should ignore or, or not go to to other platforms um but at the same time don't jump on something just because it's it's the latest trend or it's it's hot um you know always think about how is this relevant to to my organization um you know just because coca-cola are doing it or, or nike are doing it and, and everybody's talking about it um, doesn't mean that your organization should so TikTok's an interesting one and um, i think it's been around long enough now that people can understand more about it and about how the users are, are using it their experience their their expectations um so it's it's a nice time now to, you're not jumping on the bandwagon too early and, and you know almost setting yourself up for failure But it's also a case of really do that due diligence to understand, is this the right place for my brand? Is this the right place for my product? Are my audience here? And if they are, how can I make sure that the content I post here matches their experience on on this platform? Um, So I often say to to businesses when they talk to me about TikTok and say, should we go on TikTok? I, I advise them, think about it. Is it the right fit? Um, for, for you? Is, is your audience there and can you fulfill their, their needs? But also view it almost like YouTube light. So in other words, are you able to create video content that's going to deliver your message in a fun, engaging, and more importantly, quick way? Because that's what the TikTok format is. Uh, and so if you're just trying to then take maybe a product catalog or, uh, you know, Here's our latest features of our product, or or whatever uh, video that you've done for YouTube, and you're going to put that on TikTok. It's not going to work. Um, so you know, there's all this consideration and planning that needs to to be happening. And so I always say, don't just jump because some you know a big brand is seeing success. Really evaluate what's the opportunity for for you.
0: That's that's great advice. I think that, that's really good. I, I mean, we're coming to the end of time. This has been amazing. I'm just wondering if you could finish off with. You know, a couple of tips for B2B marketers to be more successful on social media. Sure. So
1: I think, first and foremost, know your audiences. Uh, truly understand who it is that you're wanting to talk to. Um, and, and then where where are they? Which platforms are they on? Are they on TikTok? Or is, are they more likely to be on, on LinkedIn? And when you understand what they need and want from you, provide them with that. Um, you know, so, so really it's that that matching of their experience and the, their expectations. You might have an agenda. You might have things you want to tell them, but it might not be what they want to see when they are scrolling through their, their social feeds. It might be what they want to see in a trade publication, for example, but it doesn't mean that it's what they want to see on, on social. So understand your audiences, what they're expecting. Give them that. Don't be dry or boring. Don't be afraid to experiment. And I think a couple of final tips. Follow Hootsuite. Uh, on social media your the social platforms of your choice there's a lot of great stuff that we put out there um that you can learn from case studies best practices and and also bookmark the Hootsuite blog so blog.hootsuite.com um, because we do tackle a lot of the questions that you've asked today Mike but also that the listeners might be asking um, in our blog series as well
0: that's that's some great advice and I, I think the blog is a, a fantastic resource. Um I, I mean if people are are feeling really enthusiastic about social media, what's the best way for them to, you know, a get started with Hootsuite and maybe if they've got some questions, would they be able to contact you with them?
1: Yep. So the, the Hootsuite site has got all the details you need. Um I haven't done any justice today to uh, to all of that great information that's that's on there. So, so have a look at the Hootsuite site, follow us on, on social. Um if people want to connect with me, I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, so by all means, uh, find me, Mark Abrami. Uh, there shouldn't be too many of us, but uh, you'll you'll find me there. Connect with me. One word of advice, though, if you're going to send me a connection request, just mention the podcast because um, I often am quite, and I think everybody should be, um, you you should be very careful about your network and who you're connecting with. So don't just you know randomly connect just because somebody sent you a, a request. Because what I found is often, this is the, the, the bad practice of social selling. Uh, somebody sends you a connection request and they take that as an invitation to start selling you something straight away. Um, so I've learned over time to be cautious. Um, so yes, if by all means connect with me, just mention the podcast, I'll accept your connection and then happy to have as many conversations uh, as you like about the challenges that
0: you're facing. This has been brilliant. I mean, I think we could we could go on for ages, but this has been so helpful. Thank you so much for being on the podcast, Mark.
1: Thank you very much for having me, Mike. I've thoroughly enjoyed it.
0: Thanks so much for listening to Marketing B2B Tech. We hope you enjoyed the episode. And if you did, please make sure you subscribe on iTunes or on your favorite podcast application. If you'd like to know more, please visit our website at napierb2b.com or contact me directly on LinkedIn.